Ladies and gentlemen, happy 2022 to you. Tyson Popplestone here, and this is uh, this is episode one to kick off a a brand new year. So I hope you are. I hope you're feeling refreshed. I hope you had a chance to put your feet up over the break, and I hope you still got your feet up. To be honest, it's a funny time of year. This particular time, isn't it? Because especially this week that I'm I'm speaking to you in right now, it's uh it's technically for a lot of us we're back to work, but we're not really doing a whole heap. So I hope if you are back at work, you're still getting a little bit of a chance to uh to not work too hard because I feel like the first week of January you've got uh, you've got every reason to be able to do that. So. I, uh, I just got back down to Queenscliff a, a couple of days ago, spent uh, about a week down in Gippsland with, with my family, mum and dad, and uh, a couple of my grandparents, the ones that are, the ones that are still alive. That's, that sounds horrible, doesn't it? But it's the truth. So it's good to be back here. And I just had a chance to do a little bit of reflection and uh, yeah, in, in a whole range of areas. And uh, one of the things that I was thinking was, well, I was thinking about you guys. I was thinking about the running scene. I was thinking about relaxed running in general. And I thought, hey, what better time to, to put together a little bit of a list, which I like to do from time to time, just to, uh, you know, not only recalibrate my mind, uh, my mind around the running scene, but hopefully offer you guys a, a little bit of, um, you know, some food for thought when it comes to your running training in 2022. I think uh, if there's one thing that I've learned through not only my own running career, but just through having the opportunity to sit down and, and, and chat with, with so many of the best runners and, and coaches from around the world is that there's there's obviously different things that work for different athletes. And uh, there's been a few that have really captured my attention. So I've put those together that I'm going to go through with you uh, in just a moment. We're more than happy to make this a, a conversation. So if you think I've missed anything, shoot them through to the Relaxed Running account on Instagram and uh, maybe we can go over a couple in the next couple of weeks uh, that, have, that have worked for you. I'll, I'll definitely give you a shout out and you know mention who it is that's given that advice. So your opinion's more than welcome here. Even if you're not a guest, it's good to be able to touch base and catch up with you. Hey, before I get started, very random, but I thought you might be interested to know, I've got a running podcast, uh, running podcast. I've got another podcast that you might be interested in. So uh, for those of you who are unaware, I do some stand-up comedy on the side. I go down to Melbourne two or three times a week and try and do two or three gigs on those nights, and it's uh, it's something that it's a little creative outlet for me. But uh, the other podcast, it's a little more comedy leaning. All right, some of it's not funny. Some of it's me playing with ideas that are just ridiculous that you'll uh, probably be offended by. Um, but there's two episodes a week, so one of them is my individual rant about a whole heap of things. Some sometimes it's not a rant; it's more just me sharing thoughts and ideas and whatever else. Uh, and the other one is an interview, which is obviously not focused on running. I had documentary filmmaker just last week by the name of Andrew Morgan. He's the bloke behind um, the True Cost documentary. I had a bloke by the name of uh, Andrew uh, Alex Payne, the author of a book called Rest. Uh, got some got some guns coming up over the next few weeks as well. So that's a little project for me. So if you're on the hunt for another podcast, because we all know the world hasn't got enough of it, uh, Pop Culture is the name of it. Don't say I didn't warn you. Very different to the Relaxed Running podcast, all right? So if you think that uh, you could be offended or you think you're not into that kind of thing, don't check out the Pop Culture podcast. Just stay right here with me. But that is a little announcement from me. But now that's out of the way, let's get into uh, a, a couple of things that I reckon are worth considering when it comes to your running training in 2022. Now, to kick things off, you might have heard, well, I was excited to announce, so I'm sure you have, that I'm now offering official running coaching. I'd, I'd sort of 
I teased the idea over a couple of months and I have a couple of athletes that I work with, but I never really committed to it because I wanted to make sure I wasn't over committing so the athletes that I work with are getting the time and attention they deserve. So if you would like to jump on board, shoot me a message, just go to relaxrunning.com. Uh, there's a couple of packages. We can go month to month or we can go for the whole year. Now, the beauty is, uh, well, I, I guess as a start point, I'm only going to take on 20 athletes. The reason for that is I think any more than 20 athletes, it gets a little bit too difficult to really structure the running training effectively and be able to give it the attention and, and planning that you guys require, that you guys need to make sure you are, you're getting the right sort of guidance for, for your particular races. Um, so if, if you're brand new to the sport, if you've been in it for a while and you're just looking for a, uh, a you know a little bit of a fresh start, I worked with a, a couple of various coaches throughout my career, all awesome, offer different things, but every now and then it's just time to mix things up. So if you're in between coaches, uh, you're brand new, you don't have a coach, or you just like a little bit of guidance, shoot me a message at relaxrunning.com, just click the contact button and uh, that comes straight through to my email account and we'll, uh, if that's something you're interested in doing, we can, we can work together. Uh, obviously, being a distance running coach, being a distance running focus, uh, uh, anything under 800, I recommend you go somewhere else because uh, my knowledge is in the distance running scene. So 800 and above, ideally 800 to a marathon, I reckon will be a great combination for each other. It doesn't matter if you're in Victoria, somewhere else in Australia or anywhere around the world, we'll structure it. So it's, uh, you know, we're, we're in touch via email on a regular basis. So as I said, hit the contact button over at Relax Running and uh, and let me know you're interested and uh, we'll, we'll put together something for you. But hey, let's jump into it. Uh, six things that I wanted to share with you. A couple of them I think I've spoken about in the past, but I just wanted to add an asterisk next to a number of these uh, particular tasks. So, all right, let's just kick it off. Number one is your breathing. Now this is, for whatever reason, it was no focus of mine when I was training as a distance runner. When I was a distance runner, my attention was on, all right, I've got to train consistently, I've got to combine some speed work with some distance, with some strength, with some recovery, really good foundation. But there was there was not really a lot of attention uh, you know, paid towards something that's going on every minute or every second of every run, and that's our breath. And there's a lot of misconceptions around the idea of breathing. We had James Nestor on here who wrote the book Breath and looked specifically at the correlation between athletic performance and breathing habits. And he sort of, he unpacks this idea of mouth breathing versus nose breathing and why one of them should have our particular focus. And if you're anything like me, it's probably something that you uh, haven't considered in your, in, in your running training either. So I'd really encourage you to to jump on board and, and and consider what your breathing habits are like. I put together a video on YouTube, which is one of the most popular videos that the Relax Running channel has uh, has put up to date, and it, it essentially unpacks what it is that we should be doing. So should we be nose breathing? Should we be mouth breathing? And why is it? So uh, in that video, I'll, as I said, I'll link it below, but uh, to give you a little bit of an overview before you do, this video looks at uh, the misconception of uh, athletic performance isn't just uh, sort of born out of an abundance of oxygen going into our body. Obviously, oxygen is a huge thing, but the quality of that oxygen is what is more important. Um, so in James Nestor's book, Breath, and in his interview with us, he speaks about why it's important for us to develop the habit of learning to breathe through our nose. He says that is uh, a, a, the reason for that is obviously it warms up the air as it comes through. It helps filter out any of the rubbish that might be in that air so that when it hits our lungs, it's not just high quality oxygen, uh, but it's 
sorry, it's not just a lot of oxygen, but it's high quality oxygen. Now, just for clarification, a lot of people when they hear this, they panic because they think, oh, Tyce, you don't get it. I've got blocked sinuses. Um, I've had no luck with my nose. I've got a broken nose, the, the sinus cavities or whatever it is are all blocked up. I can't do it. So James Nestor, I'll link that episode in the show notes below, goes through a number of ways that you can actually train the... Uh, what do you say? The tissue within the nose to become more developed. Just like our abs, with correct work, with correct focus, and with correct practice, we can actually develop the, the nasal passages ability to open up, even if you're a, a chronic sinusitis kind of person. So for me, I've had I've had two sinus surgeries over the years. It turns out I was just allergic to milk and had no idea, and neither did the special specialist that I was working with. So um, I eliminated that from my diet, which uh, my, my diet, which was a really nice start to helping clear up that nose, so that I could start investing a little bit more time actually developing that nasal tissue. So for me, when I go on an easy jog now, for me breathing through my nose is a lot easier. So uh, when it comes to breathing through your nose, a lot of us think, all oh, right, well I'm just going to go from you know nothing to 100%, we'll go out for a long, hard run and try and do it, and we feel like we're suffocating after about 100 meters. Don't do that. It's something that we can build up towards. It's something that you can really develop. I used to run against uh, one of Australia's top runners back in the day. His name was Dua Yoa, African guy, straight out of Sudan. He was a uh, super talented runner, but he had like a super open nose. Like we used to always talk about just how uh, he used to give me a hard time about having a skinny white man nose, but he had a nice open nose that uh, it just was so easy for him to breathe through there. So I remember running with him and you could never tell uh, if he was struggling. You could never tell if he was going easy because so much of that that breath work was just coming in and out of his nose. So I think it's no surprise that when you look at a number of the best athletes in the world, there's, there's not a whole heap of gasping for air coming out of their mouth. A lot of that work is coming through their nose. So if that's not something you've ever really focused on before, highly recommend you check out James Nestor's book, Breath. Also highly recommend you listen to the interview. I've linked both of those in the uh, show notes below for, for your interest. Um, and just start taking slow steps towards developing that ability to breathe through your nose. All right, the second thing that I want you guys to focus on, if you've never done it before, is your strength training routine. Now, this is something that uh, the likes of John Quinn has spoken about on this podcast before, and I've given you a little bit of an overview, a little bit of a uh, rundown on what I would recommend. But the strength training element of our running is a really important and often underestimated part in the distance running scene. I think because so many of us look in the mirror and go, okay, we're just skinny. Obviously, that's how the body's supposed to be to run around more effectively. We think, all right, well, I'm not going to put in a whole heap of work in the strength training routine. But there's so many benefits, honestly. There's a, there's such an amount of benefits to developing a, a strength routine, uh, not to mention just the ability for your body to withstand a little more of the stress that goes on your bones and your, and, and your muscles. If you've got a little bit of stability going on, if you've got a little bit of strength going on, your, your body's ability to absorb that hard work that you're putting in is going to be taken on so much more effectively. So if you've never done anything before, highly recommend getting in touch with a, a, you know, a running strength coach, ideally. Even shoot me a message. I'm happy to give you a couple of ideas. But three times a week from about 30 to 45 minutes, uh, you can jump on board and do a couple of classes. I highly recommend um, Alice Baker, who's been on this show twice. Check out her website. She's got a, hot, a lot of, uh, she's got a membership which offers you I think she's got like over 200 classes on her website now. And, and I've done a couple of these classes. No weights involved whatsoever. And oh my gosh, 
some of the hardest workouts I've ever done. I uh, I remember I was on there once. There was about I think there was three guys and about twelve girls. The girls were the regulars. I logged on and could not believe how much these ladies were showing me up. It was an embarrassment, to be quite honest. I uh, I thought I'm going to come in here and impress these ladies and. Uh, there was no impressing uh, uh, from me to them going on. It was actually <laughs> much reversed. So uh, she's got some great exercises. You can also get in touch with the likes of John Quinn. If you go to his website, John Quinn, I'm pretty sure it's just johnquinn.com. Google his name, it'll come up. He's uh, he's really, really generous when it comes to offering some practical uh, training programs and ideas for, for the distance running scene. Just let him know that Ty sent you from Relaxed Running. I hope that works out in your favor and he doesn't tell you to go away on my account. But uh, but Alice Bakey and John Quinn uh, are two really important people in the strength and conditioning world that I highly recommend uh, you check out. The third one is, uh, is speed training. Now, in the distance running scene, as I said, quite similar to strength, a lot of will go out for our Sunday run. You might even have some structure around some shorter, faster kind of sessions. But the idea of just some flat out sprints is foreign to a lot of us. So one of the things I used to like to do is just once a week, and this is a credit to my, my old running coach, Rod Griffin from Ballarat, working out there at Eureka. He used to get me at the end of a Monday run, um, I would go out and I'd do some 200 meter reps or some 300 meter reps, even sometimes some real short, sharp sort of 50, 75, 100 meter sprints. Only three of them. Now, the beauty with some speed work, and or the, the thing that I always like about the speed work, the thing that gets me excited about doing the speed work is uh, the longer, slower runs always feel so much better for me when I've done that speed work. Now, this is uh, this is subjective. Like blokes like Stuart McSwain, he's been on here and talked about how when he ran three thirty one a couple of years ago for fifteen hundred, he didn't do any four hundred meter work faster than sort of sixty second pace. For me, I kind of liked to have that speed in the legs when I liked up when I lined up in a fifteen hundred meter race. I like the idea of knowing that if I wanted to run sixty seconds per lap, that I'd done some fifty five or fifty six second sort of work so that when you go through in 50 uh, 60 seconds it doesn't feel like a monster shock to the system uh, and psychologically that's nice you don't want to be out there panicking in the first lap of a 1500 so if you haven't done any speed work maybe maybe you've been a marathon man for a few years now maybe speed work to you is just implementing some 1k reps maybe you're a 1500 meter runner or a 3000 meter runner who's relied mostly on endurance or the longer kind of sessions for a while I would encourage you just once a week, maybe even twice a week, going out and introducing some flat out short, sharp sprints. Mix it up between hills, mix it up between flat. The reason I say hills as well, the beauty with hills when you're doing speed work is hills do not allow poor technique. If you're trying to do hills and uh, your knee lift's not high, your arm swing's not strong, you're gonna be tripping over your feet not too far into that hill. So you're required when you're going up a hill to really lift those knees, to really swing those arms, to put in a little bit of work there, making sure your body's giving itself the best chance to uh, to get up that hill as effectively as possible. I went out and did some hills here in Queenscliff yesterday. I think it's the one hill in Queenscliff. And uh, man, I, I, I really, really stand by what I'm saying. I did six by 100 meter hill sprints. And even in the first one, you get to that last 25 meters and you're almost tripping over your feet. So your body's forced to, uh, to really lift those knees up, which uh, ideally, and, and ironically enough, when you get on a flat track, you start to get tired. Those lessons have sunk in. Those lessons that you've learned running up those steep hills seem to have been absorbed. And as a result, technically, things start to look a little bit better. 
Number four, got a couple to go here. Number four is just keeping a journal. I like this, it doesn't have to be really elaborate, doesn't have to be really deep, it doesn't have to be super detailed. Just keep tabs on what training sessions you're doing on what days in the lead up to your races. The beauty here is it's just another thing that you can look back at and say, oh, okay, I was really struggling physically over this particular period. You know, March, April, May, I was quite tired. It gives you a chance to look back, have a flip through some of the training that you'd been doing, and as a result, make some adjustments to what it is that you're doing. There's a million ideas out there about what it is that you can do to improve your distance running, but until you've actually started to you know, take a little bit of account for the work that you're doing, finding what works for you, finding what doesn't, um, finding out whether you like to do the strength on the same day as your hard sessions or you like to do it in between your hard sessions. Uh, a lot of the time, this is uh, completely subjective. So as much as the advice that we hear on here is perfect for one person, until you've applied it to your own training routine, you're not going to know. It also gives you an opportunity to see what works well in the lead up to a race. And also, for nostalgic reasons, I, uh, I spoke with Steve Monaghetti on the podcast you know, a couple of months ago, and he was pulling out training diaries from 1989. And it was just super cool to be able to see the, the training that he was doing around a couple of his uh, big city marathon victories. Now, I'm not saying, I don't know what level you're running at. You don't need to be running uh, big city marathons and aiming to win them in order for these training diaries to be valuable. But it's just nice to be able to see what work you were doing over the years. And then, you know, once you establish or once you accumulate a few of these training diaries, it gives you an opportunity to just look back through the history of your racing and say, okay, I was training for a marathon here. Here's what I was doing. This is what I need to adjust. Sometimes, maybe you're better than me. Uh, our memories don't serve us as well as what we thought we would. So just having the pace written down, having the times written down, having the distance written down, something nice just to be able to flick back on. All right, number five is the emotional side of running. Uh, and this applies to every element of my life. I'm, I'm 34 now and I, uh, I only continually learn this whenever I start something new or whenever I commit to something that I care about. How true is it that we'll go out for an easy run, we'll go out for a hard run. Maybe some days things work really well. We feel up and about, feel all like we've got a little strut in our step. We, we can get out there and do it again tomorrow. That's great. Problem is a sport like running with so many variables um, there's certain days of the week where we're just going to feel like absolute rubbish. Now, if uh, and same is true for racing. So if you're out on a racetrack, you've had a, a tough run, uh, and, and you let yourself get beat up by it, it's going to be a super depressing sport to be a part of because if we're just thrown around constantly by the emotions that come with high performances and low performances, as is too much worry. You would have heard me, but you would have heard me say this before. The likes of Usain Bolt, the best runners in the world, the Steve Monaghetti's, the Lee Troops, the Stuart McSwain's, uh, there's there's not a whole heap of fluctuating emotion. In fact, these guys, are they seem to have an ability to be super chilled out. Now, whether that is developed, uh, developed through practice or, or just sort of born and bred naturally into them, I don't know. But the good news is it's something that we can develop. So if you're a little bit emotional, if you're a bit up and down when it comes to performances, this is something I would really recommend you trialing. I've actually, um, I've used a couple of meditation apps which have really helped me with this over the years. Good thing is most of them offer like a seven-day free trial as well, which is which is really helpful. But if you haven't, I, I recommend the, oh, I say the Headspace app, but I, 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 the old school Headspace app I'm a fan of. I feel like they've gone a little bit woke in the last couple of years and a couple of the meditations I tried to do recently, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't really handle this. So um, uh, maybe you handle wokeness a little better than me, but if you do, check out the Headspace app. Um, 
Also, at the moment, just uh, on a seven-day trial with Sam Harris's Waking Up app, I did the first class last night. Really like the uh, really like the structure of it. Uh, had a bit of a flick through the platform just to get a bit, a bit of an idea about what it's about. Like the look of it, guys. So check that one out as well. But also, um, the the Buddhist Society of Western Australia has an awesome podcast. Uh, what's his name? Oh, forgotten his name. It's like. Avi Brahm or something is a is a, a British guy, but he changed his name uh, years ago now. Some of his talks very simple, and he just offers you some guided meditation. So if you're a bit of an emotional roller coaster kind of person, like a lot of us are, highly recommend you getting on top of that because it's going to make not only your running more enjoyable, but just your life in general. And lucky last, just to round this one out, nice little short sharp one, just to get the uh, the conversation going, is we want to we want to put some time in to to plan. Have a bit of a goal as to what it is you're trying to achieve in 2022. Maybe it's a goal. Uh, 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 what do you say? Maybe it's a little bit of a, um, a, a personal best over 10,000 meters, or to run your first marathon. But but don't just get out there and and just train for the sake of training. I mean, it's great to have a base, obviously. If you've got no races coming up in the next couple of weeks or months, I'm not saying don't train. I'm just saying have on your horizon somewhere a little bit of an idea of what you're trying to achieve in 2022. I've always found when I've got a goal to work towards, when I know where it is I'm trying to hit, uh, it makes it so much easier to get there. In fact, I've got a tattoo on the inside of my right arm of a ship going through an ocean that says Homeward Bound. And uh, the reason I got that tattoo was I I love the idea, that symbolism of you board the ship, have an idea of where it is that you're heading because then once you've got the coordinates in, then the high seas, the tough situations that you go to, it just becomes a part of the journey towards wherever it is that you're going to. And it becomes so much easier to accept when you know that there's a destination in mind. So God, that's just a couple of thoughts from uh, from my week and a half off. I hope that was helpful to you. Uh, a few things I was good at when I was running, a couple of those things I really sucked at when I was running. But like anything, these things, they take time, they take consistency. And if I guess if, if this podcast was boiled down to one thing, it'd be this. Running seems to reward those who remain consistent. So if you're having a rough season, if you're having a rough time, you're not seeing the breakthroughs, the improvements that you want to see, hang in there, make adjustments, see what's working, see what's not. Do that over and over again, and, and you're going to see some really big results. But just, hey, stay true, stick strong, even when things are going uh, not ideally. And that's my little message for uh, to get you started on 2022. Uh, I'm going to make it my goal. I, I noticed towards the end of last year, I was getting a little bit slack on the release date to these podcasts. So my goal from now on is Thursday afternoon, these podcasts should be up, unless I'm away, uh, in which I'll, I'll let you know that there's going to be no podcast that week. Um, you should be able to look forward to these on a Thursday afternoon. So uh, just got a message back from the great man, Nick Willis, Olympic silver medalist, 329, 1500-meter man. He's going to be coming on the podcast real soon. Well, I promised you that with Jordan Hasty as well. And uh, the, the com- I actually just messaged her back this morning and said, this is our year, we've got to make it happen. But I told you two years ago that she's going to be on. And uh, we just, we've tried four times and all four times it hasn't quite worked out. So Nick Willis said he's going to be on here soon. So if you've got anything you'd like to know from him, any questions that I should be asking him that uh, that I might not think, shoot me a message on Instagram. Don't forget, if you'd like to work together with your running in 2022, I'm working with up to 20 athletes uh, at a time. It doesn't matter what level you're running at, more than happy to do it with you. All right. So relaxrunning.com. But that's enough from me. Don't forget to check out the other podcast. If you've got thick skin, if not, forget I said it, pop culture. Much love to you guys. I hope the rest of your holiday break is uh, is an absolute treat and uh, I'll see you all next week.